Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was dramatic. Mm. All right. Mm. Smells good. I will pour yours. All right. Thank you. It's very golden looking. Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, oh, that was aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you have to aggressively cheers, though. All right, what are we drinking? We're drinking Balls Geneva. Okay. The aged one. And why are we drinking this? Because we are those cliche people who go to one other country and they're like, oh my gosh, have you heard of Paul's Geneva? We had it when we were in Belgium. (laughs) We're those people. Yeah. Well. But it's really good, so. (laughs) Okay, so what's Geneva? Geneva is. Geneva is the grandfather, or father, I suppose, of gin. It's like everything in one. It's like kind of got that gin botanical component. It's like sweet, kind of like a port. But then it's also kind of like whiskey. Oh, yeah. This is so good. I love it. I don't want to share it with anyone. (laughs) If you're listening, you can't have any. Don't come over. Don't come over. You're not invited. (laughs) Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house? Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. What are you asking? You talking to me? What are you? Pop quiz, hot shot. Quick me to talk. What's happening now? I don't know. Uh, I'm still feeling, getting my bearings for how these intros go. Okay. Am I going to do segments? Yeah, I don't know what that besides means. Besides, like, different things. Like, do I always read a comment from the comment section? Mm. I've been kind of doing that. I could talk about Guinness. <laughs> I will say that drinking Geneva makes me thirsty. Hmm. Me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> And nothing quenches a thirst that is brought upon by drinking other things. <laughs> like an ice cold pint of Guinness. Mm. Tastes like mother's milk. I really have no idea what the hell I'm saying right now. Well, I don't think you have this. to have like a... A shtick? A thing. Just okay. like, how do you know Luke? Okay, so I first met Luke touring with Owl City. Owl, Luke is Owl City's production manager. Which, if you don't know what a production manager is, it's this. You have a tour manager that goes on a tour, and they... What do you... Sorry, you you haven't been on tour. Okay. What what do you think a tour manager does, from your knowledge of touring? Is he the tour manager? No, he's a production manager. So what's the difference between a production manager and a tour manager? Was Mary the tour manager? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Basically, the tour manager is the adult. The professional babysitter. Yes. The actual only adult in the room, everything. I do not envy her job. Okay, no, it's way more than that. So yes, she does all she does all the flight bookings, anything with the personnel side, uh, getting people there, making sure the people are taken care of. Yes, right. Everyone has their passports. Everything's accounted for. Yeah. So what does a production manager do? Which is Luke. Well, I guess I would imagine that he is everything else. Yeah. 
So he's on the gear side of stuff, making sure each venue has all the gear that it needs to have there, uh, making sure like crew and everybody from the venue and everything's taken care of on that end, like the music side mm-hmm. of stuff. Anyways, that's what Luke does. Yeah. So I've known, I mean, I've gotten to hang out with Luke all over the place. I mean, we mentioned in this conversation eating noodles in South Korea at a random noodle bar mm. and walking around. Ooh, I should, I'll put pictures of those times we were talking about on the website. So if you want to see pictures of the places Luke and I are talking about in this conversation, head over to thecuriouspod.com and check out the show notes for this episode. You really enunciate that dot with your mouth. Do I? Dot com. <laughs> I will also say how I know Luke. Yes. How do you know Luke? <laughs> well, I don't know him, but <laughs> but I saw so I saw Luke a couple times mm-hmm. when you guys were on the Today Show in New York, mm-hmm. and when you were in Minneapolis when you were part of that like you know U.S. tour. Yeah. So I've only seen him in those settings, and okay. I thought that he was like the most intense serious person ever i was like oh fuck i don't want to be in his way (laughs) uh because he's like pro yeah but it was it wasn't you're not saying he was rude no he was just like there to work yeah you saw him in work mode yes yeah and because luke has to be in constantly in work mode if he's on the road i mean we get into that in this conversation that uh the viewpoint of if you're on the road yeah, sometimes you maybe have downtime. But the times you saw him when we weren't necessarily all hanging out grabbing drinks. Right. It was like right before we played, oh, during yeah. rehearsals. While he was kind. on the clock. Yeah. Right. And Luke is one of, I guess, if I had to describe Luke, I mean, he's one of the nicest guys I know, mm-hmm. but also one of, like you're saying, one of the most professional. If yes. Luke's on the job, you just don't have to worry about it. Everything's going to be taken care of. So that said... um, I do want to say with these things, a lot of like musicians and stuff. I mean, the, naturally, the people that I'm interviewing are people I come in contact with, and a lot of that is musically, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to branch that out. This is not a music podcast. However, I like seeing what other people can learn from people, whether they're in music. I feel like there's a lot of cross pollination wisdom that yeah. happens if you sit down with someone For like sure. this. So I was on the phone with Luke. He hit me up, said he was going to be in Minneapolis. Uh, just for one night. Uh, and one night only. One night only with his wife. They're going to be in town, and he asked if I wanted to catch up and grab drinks. We got to talking on the phone, and I realized he has some massive uh, career changes coming up, some things that we're going to talk about in this conversation, and I knew uh, it would be awesome to sit down and pick his brain and hear about that firsthand from him and just have kind of a real conversation to see what he's been thinking lately. Mm-hmm. So... That said, if you're a musician, I feel like musicians can get advice from Luke in this because he's a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're wanting to tour or you are touring, there's tips from, for you in this. If you're a crew member, even more so. If you're a freelance entrepreneur uh, who wants to learn how to live within that bell curve we talk about, I feel like he says some great things. Um, or even if you're just a music concert lover and want to hear some behind-the-scenes stories of someone that has spent more time than just about anybody I know on the road and what it takes to bring a musical concert to fans, I feel like that's people would be interested in that. Am yeah. I saying too much? Is this no totally redundantly boring? No. I think that this episode is for everyone because 
when you're a human who's just constantly changing, it's hard to keep up with the things that you're kind of dealing with internally. So, I mean, that's like what he talks about. Yeah. We're all just humans that are changing and adapting and our dreams and our goals change. And how do you kind of handle that? So are you the one that recommended Volstead's? Yes. So picture with me right now, the corner of Lake in Lindale. You're standing there on the corner. Cars are going by. It's loud. Buses. Yeah. Some guy's jumping up on you, rubbing up on you, trying to ask you for spare change because he ended up sleeping two feet away from where you're standing right now. And then what? And then you <laughs> And then you turn left. You go past the bondage shop, <laughs> past the nerd game store, and then you hang a left. Down the dark alley that you may or may not get mugged in. By hipsters. By hipsters. <laughs> Walk down the alley, hang a left, and there's a secret side door that has one of those window slats that open. You have to know where the door is, and you knock on the door. Yeah. And the window slit opens up. Slit? Sounds so dirty. <laughs> it does. <laughs> oh. Every time I go there, it feels like wrong. Like, is this right? And yeah. I've been there several times. Also, this one was an experiment. We had some special guests that were just off mic. You hung out with us, mm-hmm. along with Luke's wife. It was nice having you guys there. I'm sure it was. The mics didn't really pick it up, so I couldn't really add it in the podcast. How convenient. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we should do that more often. Like, have people join in. Hey, here's a question for anybody listening. I'm toying with this thought. A live podcast recording, interviewing someone that I think a large group of people would like hearing from at a local bar or venue... Maybe have a music opener, stand-up comedian opener, and interview someone. Would you be interested? Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Any parting words? (laughs) No. It's been fun, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. All right. Here's my conversation with Luke Meek at Volstead's Emporium, Minneapolis. Beep. Is that your voicemail? (laughs) This is a good way to wrap it up. Just time's up? Because I didn't even like when I started into to production, I didn't even think about live sound. Like I went to school for audio. Like my my thought was like recording studio. Because my like when I was trying to figure out when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do, I was literally just going to community college and I'm like, man, what can I do that doesn't involve sitting in a cubicle all day? And I was like, well, I like I didn't and I I didn't play an instrument and I still don't play an instrument, so it was like. Um, it's like, oh, what can I do all day? I was like, well, I like music, but I don't play, so maybe I could work in a recording studio. And so I went to school for, for studio. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be for an engineer. For the studio engineer. first. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Where would you go to school at? Music Tech. Oh, yeah. Right down the street. Yeah. And so, well, back, yeah, when it was Music Tech and yeah. before it was McNally Smith yeah. and whatever. So, I, yeah, I went to school for audio and then thought I would just get a job in a studio. And then... Because that I, happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you just get a job at a studio. Here's a degree, and here's five job opportunities. That's that's what works. Yeah, but I mean, don't get me wrong. They all told me like you're gonna be getting coffee for a long time for free, and and I was like, so you didn't have this idea. That's not gonna pay the rent. What it would be? Yeah, yeah. I just I just went to school thinking, well, it's 
it's a job, you know, it'd be a cool job. Yeah. Work, work around music yeah. all the time. But then I got out of school and it was like, well, you know, I moved back to Iowa. And I was like, well, there's a lot more live venues than there are studios. Mm -hmm. So by default, I just, I was like, I just need to do something to keep this, like, train going. Like, okay, I know audio a little bit, but if I don't start doing something quick, I'm going to forget it all. So I just, by default, kind of started working in suit, or at a club. And then that's I've all, all I've ever done since. And, like, every once in a while I'll be on tour and, like, the artist, like, on a day off will go into the studio. And I'm like, oh, my God. I totally miss it. No. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, it's I the worst thing. It. It's so monotonous. Oh, it's yes. dark. It's You don't know what time it is. It's dark. It's like you're listening to the yes. same 30 seconds of this one song yes, all day. Just you're just looping dungeon. it. Yeah. I'm like, no. no. Yeah. I'm, like, so grateful uh -huh. that I did not end up there. Because it was definitely, like I said, it wasn't, like, how I ended up to where I am now is def yeah. was definitely not like planned. One, yeah, it was like a shot. weird winding path. Totally. Oh my gosh, this looks awesome. Thank you. Cheers. 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 In Minneapolis. Oh. Come on now. <laughs> I'm terrible. I'm the worst at that. Mm. Oh yeah, delightful. Oh, that's so good, man. I love your, I love even just your comment right there that you said it wasn't like a straight shot to being what you're doing now. Yeah. Because that like sums up everybody. I feel like every, I, for some reason I don't know if you guys are this way, but I always assumed with career, at least music, that is you figure out what you're gonna do and you just do that, and that's right. how it worked for everybody else. But nobody had it work like that for them. Well, it's this crazy windy. Thing. I think that it's different for different careers. Like if you're a doctor, you're like you know you know where that path, you know from the start where that mm -hmm. ends. But even go and that I I kind of like it's kind of been a weird path, but I kind of like that because like I never from day one. Even going to school, thinking I'm going to work in the studio, I never really knew what that meant. I never yeah. know where, and, and then from there, it just went so many weird ways that I could have never planned it. From the jobs I've done to the places I've lived to the places I've been and traveled, and the bands that were like, you can't plan for something yeah. that weird and seriously and random. So, so what I was like the first it, thing that got you on the took you on the road? Then, like, what was your first like tour gig? So I was I was doing production in Denver, like corporate stuff like big okay, weddings yeah, yeah. and that and I was I liked it and I loved Denver but I was like alright I need to I want to travel yeah and so I was considering to just be a production guy on a cruise yeah. ship because I was young I was like cool I won't have to pay rent mm -hmm. I'll put money in the bank I'll travel all over I'll meet all kinds of people and I'll continue to do production so I won't be like stopping what yeah. I started yeah and I was literally about to start throwing out resumes and then a band that I used to work with in Iowa when I like I had a little a house gig at a little club mm -hmm. and I knew this band and I had talked to them and they're like well hey we need a guy you want to yeah. come work for us I was like sure that's because all I wanted to do was travel yeah. and do production I was like sure that allows me to travel and yeah. do production I'm in yeah. So I like I moved back to Iowa and started working with them because they're an Iowa band. Okay. Yeah. So that was how I started touring. And then from there, it just is like, was it just the natural one thing? Yeah, exactly. That was another, 2005, yeah. and I've been freelance because even you know I was working for them, but I was essentially a freelancer. Yeah. So I've been freelance ever since. Ever since. Yeah. On since the road. 2005. And you you guys met when you're on the road, but it seems like from what we've chatted about, like you knew when you guys met, you both travel a ton you both do your own thing like you're gonna be 
I we knew from the get-go, like, I'm going to be on the road. Yeah. Like, yeah. we met, and then two weeks later, I went on tour for two months. Yeah. And we just talked on the phone. Like, yeah. So it's all we've ever known, almost from the jump, you know? So it's never been weird or, like... Yeah. It's tough sometimes, but I don't know. It's just kind of the norm. It is interesting when it is the norm. Like, it, it, it makes it... does not. It's not like it makes it easier, but not it just makes it the norm, like what you're used to. Yeah. Like, the difference if you were home all the time and then you're asked to go out for, like, a one-month tour. I've talked to guys that have never toured before, and they get asked to jump in with a band for, like, three weeks, and their marriage almost seems like it's on the rocks. After, like, right. three it's weeks. Tough. Cause yeah, because you're not used to it. You're not... The key, the key to me, the, I think the key, or something that's very helpful, is that like she's super independent. So, yeah, she, she, and like she loves LA. She has friends. Like, yes. like when I'm there and she leaves for work, I'm yeah. like, you gotta come back because like yes. I don't know that as many people there. Yeah, I don't love it there as much as okay. she does. So if I'm there, yeah. I'm like cool for like a week I'm like cool I'm doing yeah. my own thing and then yeah. I'm like okay I'm lonely and bored you need to come home you now. need to get back like, so it's it's helpful that she's really independent and keeps plenty busy yes. without me so. man I'm the, that's funny you say that because I'm the exact same way we like if Sarah's gone for a couple days or like five, a week or something like that I'm the, I'm the same way I don't know what to do with myself I'm like well you just come home already yeah seriously I'm like I don't want to make my phone food anymore totally. no it's totally not fair yeah. but it's totally just like the nature of it yeah Guy, and then you have dudes. people being like oh man how does she do it I get that question all the time like how does so like what does she do when you're gone and I say like I don't sitting around all day just yeah. crying no, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. See, exactly. Yeah, I don't even. That's the thing. When I'm at home, I'm I don't work. I don't yeah. have any friends. Yeah, totally. like, I got friends all over the country, but yeah. I don't have a lot of people in LA. I have a few. Yeah, well, you know they're all doing their thing. You don't have hobbies either. Yeah, I don't have a lot of hobbies. So it's like I am just sitting around and doing nothing. Yeah. So it's like it's wildly different. And I'm grateful because I mean, you know, the last tour I did was nine weeks. Like that's a chunk of time. But you know, five weeks of that she was doing Coachella, so Mm -hmm. she wasn't home either. Yeah. Okay, so someone goes on tour for the first time, they get an opportunity to be out and they have a they're in a relationship. Like, do you have any like hard, fast rules that you hold to? I got a perfect, I got a perfect example of that because this nine-week tour I just did, we needed a, we needed a tech. Okay. But we didn't have a high budget. Like my buddy Matt's been wanting to tour for a long time. Mm-hmm. He and he, you know, he's not a touring guy, mm-hmm. so I could pro- he'll probably do it for a little less, you know, be willing. Oh yeah. Sure enough, he did. He's like, awesome, I'm in. Yep. So he's my same age as me. Yeah. Never toured before. Just jumps on a nine-week tour, like nine it was insane. Cold. Can you imagine? Oh, like never traveled like that in his yeah. life. Never been on like talk about. We threw that dude in the deep end, non nonstop nine weeks. Yeah, and it was an intense tour. Like <laughs> yeah. a lot, you know, it was a good schedule. We yeah. had days off stuff, but mm-hmm. Who's going that with? from uh, with Andrew McMahon. Oh, okay, that's one. Yeah. So it was like, hey, guy who just does local stuff. <laughs> yep. Get, get used to not seeing your wife at all. Yeah. So I did. I had some rules for him. I was like, okay, dude, you need to. Call your wife every day. Oh yeah, because you know, like he doesn't travel that much, so like sometimes they go. He's from Canada, so he'll go, you know, home, mm-hmm. and he won't. They like they don't. They're like, oh, what's he's like, you know, I text. We'll text every day. I'm like, you need to call every day. Yeah, like, even if for two minutes, just yeah. call. You know, so he did. He like started picking up. And he was like, I FaceTime. You know, we FaceTime yes. whatever. Yeah, that's because I'm like, I don't. I'm like, I brought you out here. I don't want your marriage to end because I brought you on yes, tour. Totally. You know, so yeah. so I think that's important. Like, if you're married and you're going on tour, even if it's 
you know, especially for the first time. If, yeah. Preferably for the first time, maybe you do a short run. Maybe yeah. not nine weeks. Totally. Just throw yourself right into it. Yeah, but he did. I mean, it was a deep end. It was like super long tour. It was, it was an intense gig, and he had a lot of responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And, but he did. I mean, he did great, and it was yeah. awesome. But man. Man, that would be crazy. I mean, I've never done. I've done spot stuff. I've never done nine weeks straight. That is, that's a long haul for anybody. It's absolutely long. I mean, I've done a lot longer, but what's the longest you've done? Like the longest. Day? I think like six months. Oh yeah. Well, that was a, like that was an intense one, but like like we saw each other a few times. Yeah. Like we had a couple of days off over Fourth of July. I came home. We went to Vegas mm-hmm. and like. No, I was in and out, but you had a couple six, checks. six months. Like it was yeah. insane. Looking back at it, then, even then, I did. I wasn't even really phased. Yeah. But now I would be like, I literally would take the gig. You There's wouldn't? No way. No. Yeah. To me, six weeks is like my max almost now. Anything past six weeks, I'm like, all right, I got to get home. Okay, so if it's six weeks and then another six weeks, like how long between would you need? What's like a healthy check-in for the two? Probably of you? a month. A month. Yeah. Even that would seem light, but I would do it. Yeah. You know. Interesting. I guess I just always assumed, because you're always, always working. Right. So I just assumed it was like nonstop. Maybe you'd have like four I will, weeks in the year that's It's been off. slowing down. Okay. Like, since, since we met, but really since we got married, it's, I've been slowing. I've been like taking bigger breaks. Okay. And plus, the I think part of what makes it doable for us is like, a lot of road guys, like as soon as they get off tour, like I gotta get a gig, I gotta find, a, I gotta find local work, I gotta find another tour or whatever. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! I just was gone nine weeks. I ain't doing nothing. Yeah. Like, I'm, you know, I built myself a cushion. Like, I don't need, like, I could pay rent for a while. Yes. I could pay my bills. I don't have to work. Oh, man. And that, to me, that's the only way I can do it. I'm not gonna, you know, be gone nine weeks and then come home and like, yes. yo, I'm Monday. I'm back at some yeah. local gig. No way. I'm sleeping in. I'm going <laughs> yeah, to the gym. Totally. I'm going to make my own food. I'm hanging out with my wife. Like, yeah. I need, like, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have, you know, worked hard over yeah. the years and played it smart to where, like, I save for rainy days. So I don't need to, like, jump back and get after it. Like, Man, I couldn't do that. That is so smart. Because I feel like people, like, this belt, this curve that people either in our industry or anything that is not like a salary position. But if you're like like hourly or like stipend weekly like we are, but you learn to live when you're up here, you live at this level, and then you're down right. here, and then you have to when you're not getting yeah. paid, you have to do something to fill yeah. that. But and it's you know a lot to of find this medium between. That's them. what I've always done. It's kind of like always spend the same, yeah. even when the money's rolling in, because then I can go mm-hmm. home and take some time off. Mm-hmm. Where you know some people are like, man, I'm getting paid. What do I care? It's like. What about next month when you're not getting paid? When you're paid? not getting paid, yeah. And you you know, you're only as good as your last gig. Yeah. You might get called again. You might not for a while. Yeah. You know, and if you're lucky enough and you have a good enough references, you probably will get called. Yeah. But what if you don't? And in my case, what if I don't want to? Yeah. You know, so that's the thing, you know, because there's a lot of people. It's and it's crazy because there's dudes out there at the top of the game that make the best money. Yeah. But they have three ex-wives, they have a mm-hmm. pile of kids, and that's just going out the door and they just have to keep going just to keep the the machine running yeah where i'm like man my overhead solo like i could literally if all if something went bad and i i couldn't work i could take a year off yes i don't want to yeah. i would go stir crazy but you know well that i think that's the thing where i feel like when i i picture people or myself envisioning 
this extravagant lifestyle, like living. Oh man, you must be having to like blow through money to right. be living up up top here. No, like that natural. That's going to happen naturally right. unless you do something about it or you think about it and yeah. you're intentional about saving or yeah, which I've not always been. That life. Luckily, luckily, yeah. my parents were pretty good about teaching me yeah. how to save for the rainy days. You know. Yeah, man. Thank God, because uh, because now I can come home and take a month off. You know? Yeah, man, I Sarah's really good at that. I I feel like that's been something figuring like a slow figuring out for me of like what that looks like, where that is. Yeah, I wasn't really just I wasn't taught that. Yeah, I don't know. I w- I mean, part of it was definitely my parents teaching me it, and part of it was definitely just like learning by watching them because they always did it. Yeah. And so by default, I'm like, oh, that's how you do that. That's how you do it, yeah. Did your parents work, uh, like, salary jobs, or were they, like, freelance? Yeah, no, my, stuff? Yeah. Like, my dad's a truck driver. Yeah, He's man. always done it. And yeah. my mom had a, you know, job. Work, she worked at a telephone company for 35 years. So she, like, basically from when I was born, essentially, until she, for 35 years, she just worked at that spot, you know? So, you know, Monday through Friday gig, whatever. And my dad works kind of weird hours, but... Yeah, they've just always had their gig. Yeah, man. So it's weird for me to go be a freelancer and, like, kind of be my own boss in that regard because that's something I didn't learn. That's something I just had to figure out. But by knowing how to make the money thing work, the freelance thing just kind of has worked out. But, again, when I went to audio school or whatever, I wasn't like, I'm going to be a freelancer. I'm going to be my own boss. I'm going to take a month off. Totally. You weren't thinking, like, big picture like that. Because who is? Man, because the thought of intentional taking time off Nobody t- talks about that because you have to reach a certain point to even have to think about that. Right. Because at first you're just so concerned about just actually getting a gig and right. going on the road. Okay, so this is belt. This is arc to the story already. I'm feeling like you, you already you get on the road. Before we get to now, it took you all over the world. Like you've traveled around the world more than a lot of people I know. Yeah, I've hit a lot of random spots. I've hit. Yeah. I'm like about 30 countries. Yeah. Most of 30? it. Most of it touring, some of it personal. Yeah. Like you know, we did a honeymoon last year yeah. that took me to a yeah. place I've never been. So. Are there any like bucket list countries that you're like, oh man, I haven't, oh, I yeah, haven't hit definitely. that? Definitely, definitely, yeah. What? I want to go to Bora Bora, pretty bad. Well, and I want to go to the Maldives, pretty bad. Yeah. A lot, all the like glorious, beachy, like warm. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot. Of, like she wants to go to Iceland, which I do too. Mm-hmm. But that's like, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You want to go to Iceland? Yeah. We have yeah. a pretty big. We have a lot of spots. That you want to go together? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any, yeah, as much as I can do together is better. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah, man. You know, I've toured a ton for work, but last yeah. year when we did our honeymoon trip and we went all around the world, utilize those miles because it's yeah. worth it. See, that's our thing. We love, we love traveling and doing stuff together too. But I'll use like the miles to go someplace, maybe like domestic or something like that, instead of saving them up. Yeah, my thing is massive. like at this point, I. I'll probably never use miles domestically because yeah. they go so far internationally. Like, you know, really? I can I could probably fly LA to New York for like 40,000 miles or something. Or yeah. I can go to, if you play your cards right, you can go from LA to London for like 70,000 miles. It's like, oh, yeah. And yeah. like, you know, in first class. If you, yeah. it's all, you gotta play, play, yeah. play the game. Yeah. But it's worth you it. You do have to play the game. Oh yeah, it's a game. We like playing it. It's fun. Yeah, it's man, a, that's awesome. And that—that's another thing. That topic of traveling together. Like there is, it is. I don't want to downplay how cool it is to travel for a living, and get to like see the world because of what you do. 
but at the same time, it's not the same as traveling and going out, even if you weren't in first class, like together, vacation. Oh, You're a great example of that because uh, I feel like when a lot of guys, I won't name names, but like you are seeing some new place and you have some downtime and everybody wants to fit in as much as possible of like going and seeing some place. And you like that too. Like we've walked uh, over, like it. Korea, we Korea, we got to do that. But at the same time, there with you, there's a line that's like I'm, but I'm working. Like yeah. this isn't vacation for me. I may have some time off, and I happen to be someplace right. cool, and we'll get noodles in South Korea. Right. But that's the difference between that's that's to me one of the huge differences between the band and the crew. Like, yeah, I don't have any desire to be on stage. I don't like. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. I'm definitely a behind scenes guy. Yeah. I'm, but I would like to be in, in the band for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like a day off, a day off. You're mm-hmm. not in the, you're not in the the room noodling on your bass like practice. You're like yeah. I'm gonna go do everything. Yes. And the, whereas crew, or specifically production manager, right. a day off for I'm you. I'm like I know I have these things to do for sure. And if I can get those, if I can knock this down real quick, then we're gonna go have yeah. noodles somewhere. Yeah. You know? Which, fine. And when I'm traveling internationally, I really, really try hard to do that. Don't get me wrong. In the U.S., I really, really want to do that too. Yeah. But it doesn't always work. Like yeah. most tours, it doesn't work. And the, yeah. the the more deep I get in, yeah. the less. Like at this point, that never happens. This last tour I did was literally every day for nine weeks, every single day. Like there was never a day off. I always say like I got in my I got, work, I got like five minutes with you when you were in Minneapolis. Yeah. And that's that a perfect here. example. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like I'm gonna work. Like I'm listening, Rob. But uh, right now yep. I'm gonna do this. Just totally. talk to me. I will listen. Yeah. Oh Same. yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's totally like, cool. That's but that's how just it how it is. Yeah. yeah. Which is cool. Like, you know, as I go out these days, I reach out less and less to friends when I'm in town because I'm like, I. What's the point? Hey, come and watch me work. Like, yeah. I reach out to guys like you and Gabe. It's like, well, you guys know what's gonna go. You know yeah. what to expect. Guys, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, know the industry. Mm-hmm. But if it's just like random people, most of the time I don't even hit them up. Like family, like, what's the you point? don't want to be offended that you can't hang yeah, out. They don't understand. Yeah. When I'm like, no, like, oh, you got to break away for dinner. Like, no, you don't understand. I can't leave. Mm-hmm. I will go to the bus and make a, a piece of toast, but I'm not going to, I can't leave for dinner yeah. because of the production manager. I have to put any fires yeah. that will inevitably come up. Yes. I have to put that out. And you're putting out fires right now. And then at the same time, you're always like looking two gigs ahead and like two weeks check ahead. two weeks ahead. Is that your deal? Two weeks ahead? I try to be two weeks ahead. That's freaking insane. At the minimum. Yeah, like dude. the last the last big Asia tour that we did, yeah. I got lucky because it was just a month. Yeah. And I had enough prep time to where I almost had it all done before we left, which is why I was able to yeah. so that I saw that coming. I was like, I want to go have fun on days off, so I'm gonna yeah. knock this down. Yeah. But that's super rare. Like really. I always just work, 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 work. Yeah, just go for it. Hence why it's yeah. all about to change. Totally. Okay, so before we get there, uh, if someone's listening and that is on the road, are there any characteristics of bands or crew that drive you insane? Is there like an Definitely. assumption that they have a day off or anything like that? I think, I, yeah, I mean, all that drives me. That will drive me crazy if, whether it's, because I've had both band and crew be like day off come on dude what mm-hmm. are you doing like they get angry like come on it's a day off let's go hang out I'm like yeah. dude you don't get it yeah so you know that's definitely frustrating when i'm like wow yeah. you really don't know what i do totally you don't know that when we show up 
and you wake up and the bus is parked somewhere that I had to figure out where that was going to get parked. And the bus driver knew the day before where he was going to park. So when he got there, he didn't have to wake me up to ask me where to park. Yeah. And you don't know, like, you don't know that when we walk into the venue, it's not like, let's hear, let's figure it out. Yeah. That's all been figured out weeks in advance. Weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely frustrating. And that does happen. Yeah. For the band, sometimes, sometimes the crew. Yeah. So that can drive me crazy. Yeah. And yeah. just, yeah. And uh, and so that, that, I mean, that drives me crazy. The yeah. other thing for me is micromanaging. Like, I'm the kind of dude that's like, and it took me years to get here, but I'm, yeah. at this point I'm comfortable enough. I'm like, look, I know what I'm doing. I got this. If yeah. I need help, I, I will reach out. Yeah. But do you, you have a lot of people with micromanaging, like artists? I don't. Or no, I don't. Okay. Sometimes it's man- bands, sometimes it's management. Yeah, dude. But in general, and I've been pretty lucky, I have very little of that. Okay. But to me, that's like a pet peeve. Yeah, like, yeah. don't check in all the time. Don't do the, like, mm-hmm. like, like, I've had a management where we're like, hey, this needs yeah, to get done. Goes. I'm saying you know, you're the same way. Like, don't micromanage me. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. If I have a question, I got it. Yeah. I'll hit you up. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Totally. Another thing I've had to learn over the years is like it's okay not to know and to ask for help. Yeah. But if I don't need it, sure as shit, don't get involved in what I got going on. Yeah. Because yeah. you're gonna like I, you know, like there was a thing last year where the manager was like, hey, this needs to get done. How about we do this, this, mm-hmm. this? And I was just like immediately like, no, mm-hmm. stop. Let mm-hmm. me do it. I have. I have this already figured out in my head. Yeah, I don't need ten but more emails right to have now, to deal with yeah. twice the work. Yeah, you're, you're making my job harder. Yeah. So I don't like micromanagement, but like I said, I've been lucky enough that most, for the most part, the bands and management yeah, that yeah. I've had the luxury to work with are they let me do my gig. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that was. That's the only way I can work. You, all right. As you were saying that, I was thinking of the actual question I wanted to ask you because that was such an open-ended thing. I like that answer of like. Uh, not being micromanaged and trusting right. your micromanaged thing ties into uh, a big thing of you which is trust so the deal with Luke is like from the tours we've done together if like Luke's on it you don't you don't have to worry about anything it's like oh man Luke's got it like you got taken care of and you and Mary's the same way on like the personnel side doing her thing I reached out to uh Alex Perkins. Oh boy. Oh yeah, dude. So I was asking him. I was like, okay, man, you've worked under Luke a ton. Uh, what is like, what's the deal? An hour ago, I was texting him because he's really? at a gig is, that, oh, I, that you that I advanced. They, or not. Yes. And I'm like, you gotta do it. And but they were they had problems, and I'm like, oh god. Uh, is he stage managing? He is. That the yep. tour? Okay. Yep. I asked about you and like your thing, and he he said, all right, here's the deal about Luke. What makes Luke the best is his crazy work ethic and drive, extreme thoroughness, ridiculous organization, and his humble and friendly personality. He's not like most who pretend he knows everything. Uh, if he's not sure, then you're not ashamed to ask about it. So that's what he said. So my question I did want to ask is, is that something that uh, you had to work on? Like those things that you were like, these are deals I need? Most or these those, just naturally come to you? Most of those things naturally come to me or they were instilled in me like the like crazy work ethic I mean that's all my parents like you know I watched them come up as Dude, a kid Iowa boy yeah man yeah exactly yeah. and you know that related kind of related but unrelated is like I learned that for the first time when I moved to Denver when I left Iowa and I was like oh not everybody like we I would be on jobs and people would be complaining about this and I'm like really dude like this is what we do like yeah 
And, I, and then I, that's when I realized, oh, that Midwest work ethic is a real thing. It is a real thing. And, I, and For that sure. was the first time I realized it, but I still see it to this day. Like, unbelievable. Like, dude, you, this is our job, and you're just complaining. Like, come on, yes. this is the basics. Yeah. So that's, and you can probably see that with a lot of guys that come and work under you or with you or whatever. Unbelievable. That's That ties into something we can talk about later, which is, like, stagehands. We'll talk about that yeah. later. Um, but, yeah, so that part was definitely just instilled in me. Yeah. I wouldn't say, like, yeah, it's not something... I learned by not learning. Like, my parents just... I learned by just being around my parents who that's how they are, and I learned from them. But the other... The, to me, the big part of that statement that I did have to learn was that, like, if I'm not... If I don't know, I'll ask. Because... Like from day one, when I started as a production manager, and everything, you know, it was stressful because everything I did, I'm like, shit. They think I'm a rookie. They think, I, you know, I should. I'm coming into this gig like I should know that. I'm a production manager. I should know this. I yes. should do that. And it took, it took me years to get to the point where like, no, dude, it's okay. You don't, you don't get a gig and know everything from day one. You know, a pilot didn't jump into the pilot, you know, the the seat and yes. learn how to. He didn't know how to fly a plane. Yeah. And so it took me years to realize, like, oh, dude, you don't know that? That's okay. You can ask somebody who does. Yes. So the key is, A, realizing that, and then, B, building that network yeah. of people that I can ask. Yes. You know, of having people that Okay, the people you that. trust. Like, having yeah. the guys you can go to that yeah. aren't going to... And that takes years to, to build that network. But for me, that's, that's a huge part, is just, like... Dude, you don't have to know it all right now. It's okay yes. to be like, hey, I don't know this. Help me. Yes. That's a gears. Well, man, that is like, that's that crosses, like, that's not a music conversation. Oh, that's, that's everybody. Absolutely. But the thing about freelance stuff with music that makes that so important is the fact that, unlike a pilot, like you said, where you're like, okay, to get this job, you go to school, you go through right. tests or whatever, and you just do the work. Right. But in order to get a job initially in your position, you have to, there's some kind of fake it till you make it. Absolutely. A little bit, right? I mean. And I wish I would have known. I wish from the first day I was a production manager, I knew that. Like, hey, dude, you don't know this, but act like you do. And, and what, you know, to a point, don't fake it till you make it and get yourself in a hole. Yeah. Where they're like, why didn't you ask for help? But fake it. And they've been also asked for help. And so, even to this day, like, you know, and it's that's like, honestly like a confidence thing. Yeah, maybe. kind of going back to what I told you about my buddy who I brought him on tour for the first time. That's one of the first thing I told him because he was. There's three bands on this tour we did, and he was mixing front of house for the opener every night because they didn't have an engineer. And that was one of the the pieces of advice I gave him. Like, look, dude, you're a new engineer. You're gonna get on consoles every night. You've never been on them. Admit it. Tell the house guy, yo, this is the first time I've been on this console. I need help. And they're gonna, like, we're dudes. We have egos. Guys and audio engineers are big on that. If they'll be like, they want, you're like, oh, you need my help? Sure, I, I know more than you. Mm -hmm. I'll be happy to show you all that. And that's the nature <laughs> totally, of, yeah. it's the nature of dudes in general, but it's also, especially like audio guys, for some reason, there is this a industry is like, with audio, the chip on the shoulder, yeah, like the guys approved. that wear the shirt that say, yeah, I know what all these knobs do. You yeah, know, it's totally. like, and man, part of that for me, from the outside, not being in that position, it comes from, like you're a guy who's like shows up to be you're the first one there you're the last one to leave and you're doing the most grunt labor and right. getting the lead but then you get the least recognition out of right. anybody there so that naturally gives people would give a lot of people a chip on the shoulder right which I'll go on record saying you don't have but well I don't because I it's never been I mean there's different trains of thought but for me it's, 
I, I fully, I'm fully aware that this gig is not about me. This show is about the dudes on stage. I'm there to make it happen, and I know, like, I know what I do, and I know what I bring to the table, but nobody else does. But yeah. I'm not the kind of guy who's like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm yeah. like, that guy's doing it. Clap for him. Yeah. And I'm going to wrap up and go hang out on the bus. I don't need, you know, that pat on the back. To me, like, if you get in it for the right reasons, you get in it because you like the gig or you like the, the industry or you like, you know, you like the atmosphere of the show, not because you want accolades. Like, I don't care about that. Yeah. If you got into that, then you should probably be on stage. If you need that, you know. But at the same time, you're saying all this and I think about, um, like, myself on stage. Man, I view when we were on the road together, you and I are doing the same thing. Right. Because it's not, it's the same thing. I'm working for we're someone else. Guns. It's not about me. But where it gets confusing is some people get confused because they are on stage. They think, oh man, for that, they get a second of being on stage and they, they get confused thinking that it is about them. That they're not a hired gun, that they're not the front person, the Adam, right. they're the front person that's out there. Uh, so I feel like yours is a little bit more cut and dry, but it doesn't make it any less harder. It's easy. Uh, it's well, like wrap your mind around. It's Anyways, easy I don't know, for I me because, like I said, I don't want. I don't yeah. want that. Like whatever. I'm good. But yeah, the guys on stage. I. I mean, I see that. Still Can you to tell the difference day. between oh, guys that know that and don't? Yeah, absolutely. Or the guys where it's like whether they're a hired gun or not. Unless they're the front man, it, you know, it's like take it easy, dude. Like. We're all here doing the same thing, getting a paycheck. Yes. You know, it's like... <laughs> totally. Yeah. None of us, all of us are replaceable. Maybe it would be tough, but yeah. the show would happen if none of us showed up tomorrow. Somebody else would do it. So don't, Man, like, that's the question. Don't like, get who's all not egos. replaceable? And if that's not you, exactly. you better be working your butt off. Yep. Yeah, and don't give me attitude because... We're doing the same thing. You're doing a gig, and I'm doing a gig, and they might be different gigs, but we're both different just roles. here to yeah, different roles. But we're just fulfilling a space. We're just standing on opposite ends of the room. Yeah, because people don't want their picture yes. with me. We're all just getting a paycheck, <laughs> dude. Like, Man, I'm with you. Do you ever hear Gabe's story of? Uh, I think it was Gabe's first time I've heard with you lots guys. Of Gabe's yeah, stories. everybody knows Gabe's stories. <laughs> but Gabe's story of when he was with you guys the first time with Owl City, that. Um, Someone was, there was some girl outside the bus like crying like because they were like we missed Adam can Adam come out they're like Mary was like no he's not here anymore uh, but Gabe's here he's the drummer do you want to like autograph and the girl was like no I don't want to autograph I don't give a crap about <laughs> <No>. him <laughs> he's like yeah. he's like so bummed yeah it's, it's sometimes but you know what I wish that would happen to all of them sometimes because it's like yes remember what you're doing dude yeah man like you're great you're good at what you do but Take it down a notch. Like, yeah. you know, keep the ego in check. Keep the ego. You're not oh, the lead man. man. You're not the front man. Yeah, that's good. Do you guys want another cocktail? Yeah. Would you have another one? This is phenomenal, so I can't imagine I, would I have should not one. try another one. You said stagehands. What's your stagehand deal? Your stagehand story. Well, What's my stagehand thing. What are you going to say with that? Well, it definitely... Two things. A, it goes back to the what we were talking about earlier. It's like work ethic like man so many stagehands and this last tour maybe maybe I was just sensitive to the subject because I was working so hard or maybe it's just maybe it really was a bad tour but this last tour did seem really bad as far as like the, the, the locals because you know like you have a however big your tour crew is you always recall you always rely on the locals yeah to help you load in to help the you guys for people that don't uh, 
aren't familiar with that. The guys that don't work for the tour, but they work for the venue. They work at the venue or whatever, or union guys or whatever. This last tour just really, and I already knew this, but to me it just solidified it as far as, like, man, the work ethic. Like, never in my, like, there's so many clubs we go to that when I advance a show, the the promoter will be like, yep, because I always ask, do the locals... You know, do they, are they, because sometimes it's like our audio guys just do audio. They don't help you load in. They don't mm-hmm. load your trailer. They're not going to come on stage and help you do wire the stage up. And sometimes, like, they do it most of the time. They do everything. So when they were hired, they were told, you're going to do audio, but you're going to load a truck and yeah. do this and that. Yeah. But so many times we get to these gigs where they're supposed to be the guys that do everything and they do all they can to do as little as possible. And my thing is like, and having a ton with this tour, it for some reason, and maybe like I said, maybe I'm just being sensitive, but to me it seemed like way more than normal, and so it sets me off in a few ways. Because first of all, it goes back to the work ethic thing we're talking about. Like, I would never imagine, I could never be the guy who's like, I know this is my job and this is what I was technically hired to do, but I'm gonna do all I can to get out of any of it. I'm going to go say I'm going to smoke a cigarette and then not come back for a half hour. I'm going to go say, hey, I got to go help the club put up barricade. I'm going to do, like, they did so many times. Like, I was, you know, there's some locals where you're like, man, that dude was awesome. And they're like, we're going to get your show in. This is going to be an awesome day. And it is. And they're very helpful. And But then there's so many guys where you're like, as a production manager, I have to go chase them down and be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, we need help on stage. We're behind schedule. We're behind schedule because you're off doing anything you can to get yeah, out of work. I've and, seen you run those people down oh, so man, much. It's, it's so worse. bad. <laughs> it's so bad. And so I coming, you know, coming from the Midwest work ethic theory, it's like I would never get a job and be like, my goal here is to do as little as possible. My no, my goal is to do the job that I was hired for. And so when I get to these clubs and these people like this, like it it frustrates me, but it blows my mind. I'm like, who are you, dude? Like, where's your sense of self-worth? Where's your sense of pride? Where's your work ethic? Like, yeah. don't you have pride in what you do? Mm-hmm. Unbelievable to me. And the second thing of that is, is why it, this tour more than ever frustrated me so much is that I'm like, dude, you're you're only as strong as your weakest link. Mm-hmm. And when you count, like, it doesn't matter how much I prep. It doesn't how much I you know fill our crew and like hey guys here's what to expect today the club's gonna be like this this and this it doesn't matter how much of that happens if the if we get there and the locals are non-existent and don't want to help we're behind schedule we're running late no matter how much work you put in and that yeah no matter and to me that's like the worst thing in the world because i went to some of the crappiest dumpiest little clubs that we had amazing days because the crew was awesome they're yeah. like, we're going to get you in. This is going to be a great day. And sure enough, it is. You know, you might be pushing out, rolling over cases over yeah, yeah. potholes and everything. But, man, they worked their tail off. Yeah. They, they Because they're used to it. I and feel then, like Japan's a lot like that. Oh, Japan is where phenomenal. Where they just work their butt off. Japan is phenomenal. Like, yeah. they have the Midwest work ethic times 10, man. They're <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> like I, never, true, yeah. I never ever go to a Japan show ever and be like, oh, boy, here we go. It's like, I walk in rest assured it will be awesome yeah but this you know the u.s is so hit and miss man it's like it's it's and it, it's disappointing to me because i'm like this is what you're hired to do mm-hmm. and now i don't eat lunch because you suck yeah flat out like you are you make my day miserable yeah <laughs> you suck not only now as a production manager yeah. not <laughs> only as a production manager but also just as a crew guy and a guy that's like we have you know a list of things that get done every day 
sometimes they get done in two hours, sometimes they get done in four. And I'm yeah. not joking when I say literally, I don't eat lunch today because you suck, dude. Yeah. Because, oh, it's, the, oh, and, and, and that's not, so my thing now and why I'm like basically on the outs is like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to work so hard and not be able to eat lunch because of someone else. I don't want my day to suck. Like, I don't want that so much to, I don't want someone else to have so much weight on how my day goes. I don't want to work right up to doors or not eat or whatever because somebody else just yeah. literally just didn't want to do their job. Yeah. Flat out. That's the only answer there's to like it. Like the quality of your day being dependent on someone yes. else that you don't know. Yes. Yeah. When we've been on the road together, all this happens, you're talking about you're, you don't want your day, the quality of your day being dependent on someone else. But at the same time, like you never complain. Like, I'll say that you never, or like, not even not complain, like, just stuff doesn't seem to phase you. Like, that's what all, like, the Jasper and Gabe always told me when they talked about you before I came on was like, oh yeah, Luke, he's just like, just even keel. You're not gonna, you're not gonna see him lose his shit. You're not gonna see him like. That's two things. First of all, that is definitely a learned trait. Is it? Okay. For me, it was. Because it's human nature. You, something sucks, you're gonna complain about it. You're going to, whatever, rave about it. And unfortunately now, she takes the brunt of that. I'll call her and be like, this suck, this suck, this suck, this suck. Okay. Because I know I can call her, and she knows what to expect, and she'll yeah. just kind of let it flow, and then she'll be like, okay, now can we talk about something else? Yeah. Cool. Just l- But just I learned talk. early on, well, I learned early on at some point that it's like, you know, as a production manager, essentially the leader, mm-hmm. that shit flows downhill. So if I'm cranky, and I'm pissed at the locals then my guys are going to get pissed at the locals and then it's going to just be a button heads fighting deal and then from there the band's going to pick up on that the crew's not happy and the band's mm-hmm. going to pick and then the, the locals are going to give the band attitude because the crew's giving the, the, the locals attitude yes. it's a whole cycle right so nobody wins nobody wins and mm. so nobody wins the show you know like the, the band goes on stage like oh they're not feeling pumped because yeah. they're like ah it's kind of just the vibe bad vibes. Is, yeah and so I learned early on and it's like morale mm. and it's like if you're complaining about everything then why is your crew going to be pumped they're not so it's, I really really try and I'm human I hit, I hit my breaking points yeah or <laughs> the hinges come off I haven't seen it but I would love to it see that it definitely happened but most of it and you it's know, just internal it's internal but yeah yeah okay. the, the kind of the bummer another reason why I'm kind of getting burned out because that's not healthy to bottle it up okay. but it's like man the the you know the the fact is is like like i said that that all it spreads and if mm-hmm. and if you're chewing out the locals then why isn't your crew going to chill the locals and then everybody's fighting yeah. or you know like if you're working for the headliner and you're an a-hole to the opening bands mm-hmm. how's that creating that's not making anybody happy because then the openers get bad vibes with because with, you know the band is going to the band only knows the crew because you're, you know, so it's like it all's bad. Yeah. And so, and then the other thing to think of in this industry, which, man, this is another thing that I really struggle with more and more is like, you're always, you're, we're going to be back here. Don't, don't piss these guys off because we're going to be back and you'll see them again. Mm-hmm. And mark my words, they'll remember you. They'll remember, hey, here, oh, this is that guy. Or this is, and, yes. you know, and so 
And that kind of frustrates me too, because I'm like, so what if I'm coming back? Why do I have to let him not work? Yeah. Why can't I tell him, dude, you're not doing your job and that's screwing my day up? Yeah. You know, you not doing what you signed on to do. I'm sorry if you don't feel like you're getting paid enough or whatever, but that's between you and your boss. Don't screw me and my crew over for that. Yeah. And I feel like I should be able to say that, but we're going to come back. Yeah. We don't want to piss this guy off. So, you know what I mean? And, and Which that, you, everything you just said is so, like, uh, like dignified and totally <clears throat> fine to say. Like, it's not extreme. That's, that's not some of the stuff. And, but even you wouldn't even say what you just said. Right, because you can't. Because, <laughs> yeah. A, they have to help you load out that night. Yes. And so you don't want to piss them off for that. It's like, you don't want to piss the guy and the locals off because of all the other things that they still have to help you do. And they're sure as heck not going to help you if you just frustrated, you know, if you just told his boss on him, you know, you went and told yeah. his boss, hey, this guy's not working. Yeah. And Have then, you ever had that happen where you like, uh, you, yeah. like you piss the guys off and they gave you just a massive middle finger at the end of the day and you're just stuck I mean, in the I've had it happen out. where I've had to go to the promoter and be like, yo, these guys, like such and such, these guys aren't working and we're trying to help. And the promoter came out, hey, the local, you know, the tour said you guys aren't doing it. It's like, oh, that guy just, so I learned a lesson there. Don't like, you got to. <laughs> You got to kind of play the cards. Yeah. And then I had another one where, like, it was a union crew. Yeah. And, you know, basically I I told the promoter, like, tonight when these guys come back for loadout, that yeah. person and that person, like, no. They, like, and I, told I don't them, even want to hear. But I told them why. Here's why. Like, they're doing this and this. Like, that that doesn't help me. Man, have you ever heard of the term fool, the fool's choice? I think it's more of, like, a communicator's, like a, like a business thing. But they talk about in communication, the fool's choice that a lot of people make is that you would think, well, I either have to like go so extreme, I'm in this situation that you're talking about, and I have to burn bridges, and I have to like tell them how it is, right. uh, like that's either one hand, or the other choice I have is that I just don't say anything, and I never I never call anybody out, you just don't say anything, you bottle it up, whatever, and they call that the fool's choice, and like how good, communi- good communicators, what they do is that they find the in-between. Okay, like, we're going to be back right. here. I'm exactly. representing someone bigger than myself. Right. But at the same time, this guy is not coming back. You're This is what you're doing Absolutely. wrong. Absolutely. Like, There's people. a balance. Yeah, because at some point you have to be like, look, dude, we're paying this guy. He's literally doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and at some at sometimes, you know what? Yeah. I've also learned as a production manager, you can't, you're not going to make everybody happy all the time. Yeah. And at some point, if I piss that guy off and he's going to remember I come back next time, well... You can't. You're not gonna win them all. Yeah. And if he sucks that bad, somebody does need to point it out. And that's frustrating yeah. to me that as a production manager, like, oh, we're gonna come back here, so we yeah. gotta keep everybody happy. It's like, but he's not earning his wage, yeah. and he's. We're all sacrificing things yeah, because I mean, of that, and that's not okay. Yeah, you know? and that's the Midwest thing too. Of like the, like we are afraid. I'm, I am personally just like afraid to offend anybody, and I gotta yeah. like not say anything. Uh, but I'm learning just now that I'm, I'm like 32, and I'm like. It's fine if I, like, not necessarily burn this bridge. Right. But I can tell I need to be able to stand up for myself with this person. Yeah. That's, and if I come back and he's not here, that's all, all for yeah, the better. Yeah, that's definitely, Anyways. I agree. That's a Midwest thing. Like, I don't want to like, offend anybody. That. Don't yeah. make anybody upset. Totally. It's like, sometimes you got to. Yeah, man. Because you're not going to make everybody happy, so you might as well get something out of them. Yeah. Or get them out of there. Man, so you, you tour, you get this opportunity that, like, most people that set out to do, like, production managing front of house you've done like all I don't know I don't think there's bigger gigs that you could do than some of the ones that you've done uh, but yeah. now you're at the point where you're like I need to take a break yeah Prob- what's that probably look like? forever probably forever. forever from touring I mean from touring this, uh, like this production point, managing or production front of house? managing 
production manager. If I keep okay. going, I will just be an audio guy. Yeah. Makes front of house. I won't yeah. be a production manager because of all the things we've already talked about. Yeah. What would happen if you kept going as a production manager and just didn't stop right now internally with yourself it and would this? Be a disaster. Your relationship. I mean, our relationship would work because she understands mm-hmm. and she's pretty good about letting me do what I do, mm-hmm. what I feel like I need to do. But it's not healthy because, like I said, I call home and complain all the time. I mean, there was one point in this last tour where I literally said on the phone one day, just don't ask me how I'm doing because I don't want to, oh, I don't want to bring the phone call down by being negative and it's always going to be bad. I said, just don't really? ask me how my day is because oh. it's o- the answer is always bad. Let's Dude. just start off with something else. Really? And that's when she was like, oh. okay, this is not okay. We get, I feel like so many people get stuck at this thing of like, no, their identity or even their work identity of like, no, right. I'm a production manager in front of house. No, okay, right, right. can you, are you willing to take the work of stepping back from that and thinking like, okay, no, at the core of you, what are these things that make you who you are professionally? And because I, w- I feel like when people think those hard thoughts, they realize that that can fit in different avenues. Like, yeah. oh, like it doesn't have to fit the box that is what I'm yeah. doing right now. I can be, I can bring that same art and craft into something else. Yeah, well, it's like you said, a lot of people, it's their identity. Yeah. And I've always been under the, the theory of like, I work to live, I don't live to work. Like, touring, production, audio, none of this is who I am. It's what mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. It doesn't define me. Yeah. You know, I'm a lot of other things. Yeah. And it's it's what I do at the time. Yeah. And now it's not what I do anymore. Man, you know? well, it's funny and that's you a say, huge thing. Yeah. But, and it's like everybody can say that though. It's not what I do. It's not who I am. But I feel like in the conversations I've had with other people is we talk about who I am, like our personal identity, but I think we don't recognize and acknowledge our professional identity, like this person who we have in the world of your work, like what that is. We also have that identity that we've built up in our mind, and that's almost as hard to let go of, too. So it's cool that you are like holding that in a loose, open hand. You know, and that's why that and the money thing of course but that's why a lot of people just keep going even though they're maybe they don't like what they do or maybe they you know envy what somebody else is doing and they'd rather do that or yeah, yeah. that I mean you just said the key for me <clears throat> to me there's two things of why I essentially decided like okay now you're done yeah and one is balance like there's a work-life balance mm-hmm. and work if you're at work 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 and on your yeah. days off I know, I don't, I've always said, like, on tour, there's not, for me, a production manager or probably a tour manager, there's not off days. There's show days and non-show days. There's not a balance. There's no balance in work, 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 seven days a week for 10 weeks straight. There's no balance. And I need a balance. And I've, yeah. You know, and that's why some guys are successful at this, and they do it till for their whole career. Yeah. They don't necessarily need that. They're cool with just working all the time. Yeah, man. And that's fine. That's great, because somebody's got to do it, but I'm not. And I just realized, like... Oh, this guy can go do that, and that's cool. But I'm gonna take days off, or I'm gonna take a month off, or I don't. I, whatever it is, I'm not working every day. Yeah. And then the other thing that kind of for me, uh, I guess, so which I guess cool. kind of relates yeah. to it, is to me like the even more than money, or at least right even with money, is that time. Time is currency. Mm. Time is Dude, a currency. Time is currency. Yeah. And it's like there's not enough time in the day because. If I'm gonna, I'm I'm on tour and it's not a show day and I'm working yeah. all day, I just, if I just had five more hours, I could go exercise, I could go have a good meal yeah. and find good coffee and visit a friend that lives in town. But yeah. I don't. Yeah. So that time, like that currency of time, 
doesn't exist as a, you know, with a production manager. Yeah. So, you know, you get paid this wage, but you also pay in time. I'm going to wrap this in. It's about to get meta because all these things you're saying. This is crazy. So I've, like, everything you're saying with, we talked about earlier at the beginning, you have learned to, um, with money currency to live not like this like the highs and the lows okay how do I live a life where I can find the median and live a healthy life right there and now you're talking about that same currency because so long you've been living on that same thing living extremes I'm either like non-stop for months or I'm at the bottom of the curve where I have like all this free time for a week at home so now all the questions you're asking are like learning how to live on that median right thing of life yeah find that yeah that exactly. balance how to middle find, ground like yeah i found out how to do it monetarily so how do i do it in a life like work life balance yes yeah exactly say i need to find that line of like not i'm not spending too much yeah i'm not gaining too much yeah i'm just in the middle where everything's yeah. cool and it just floats along yeah or at least make put some compression on that so the highs and lows aren't so exactly. crazy yeah where i'm not like working 18 hours a day yeah but man. i'm not like screwing off for 18 hours a day either because I, I've not, you know, that's the other thing I learned like last year when I took a ch- time, I took a chunk of time off was like, I need a little bit of like friction. I need something mm-hmm. to do. I need something to like push back on, you know, like, and if I'm just freewheeling it, then I'll go crazy too. Yeah. So it's definitely finding that balance. Because if I'm like, oh, I, I can do anything I want all day, every day. Uh, like, that's why when I'm 85, I'm going to be a greeter at Walmart, you know, because I'm going to need something to do. I need something that's going to require my time for four hours out of the day, and then I'll do anything I want. I'm yeah. total crap with that. Yeah. Like when I don't, I don't. If I have a day off at home where I don't have anything, where I just like Very stuff, extremist. I'm a total extremist with that. Where I'm like, I right. feel like I should be doing. I don't get to enjoy the downtime, or I feel like I should be practicing or something. Right. I need to. Like, I know. Feel I'm it. the same way, dude. Yeah. It's, it's tough. Because and even if you don't do anything, you're sitting there. You feel guilty mm-hmm. that you should be doing something. Yeah, so you're not even yeah. productive, but then I'm at the, the same, same time you way. weren't recharged because you were relaxing. Oh, I'm totally. the same way. Yeah, it's like you work so hard. You're like, man, I just need a week off, and then you, I get that week off. I'm like, well, for this last, you know, this last nine weeks, I did nothing but work, and I wanted time off, but now I have it. But I wanted to watch these shows, or I wanted to read this book. Now I should read that book. Yeah, yeah. Because I couldn't read it, and now I can. So what am I doing? Just sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. My, why am I doing this mindless thing when I could be reading that book that I was waiting to read? You know, totally. Or, you know, I wanted to. I wanted to get back in shape. Why am I not running right now? Why am I sitting on the couch? So what do you do? Do you have like things like that where you like say, okay, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go. I have a day off or something. I'm gonna I'm gonna schedule my day where I have to go run in the morning. I have. To, do you set yeah. those kind of standards for you? I yeah. On days off, I try to I try to schedule it out to where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go get groceries in the morning because that's when it's not busy, and that's like a good like check it off the mm-hmm. you know check off my to do list. And then I'm gonna, you know, I'll go, I'll go do the gym in the morning. And then I don't know, like my downtime things. Like for me, in the last year and a half, my downtime has still been kind of a to-do list, which is just like learning to fly. I'm learning to fly airplanes, so I'm like, I gotta study the book. I gotta study this book. I gotta watch these videos on how to fly airplanes because I need to pass this test. Yeah. So that's kind of a little bit of both because it's like free time but it's definitely mm-hmm. a like dude why aren't you studying why aren't you reading this book about flying right now yeah I do want to put hit on this I feel like I used to and maybe you guys are with me but I used to think that 
people like you in your situation, you do what you do and then you wait till another situation opens itself up for you and then you transition into right. like your other job that gives you more free time, but life doesn't happen like that. Right. You recognize first that, okay, something needs to change. This isn't a healthy thing for me, at least right now. Mm-hmm. And then you have to have the balls to say, I'm gonna take a, this leap before I know before I have the security of right. something else. You have to like recognize right, it right. and then be like be that's down to do something like that. So then that's just how life works with everybody. You know, that's interesting because every like every time every time I've ever moved or made a career change or just took some sort of a leap. Like when I lived in Iowa I moved to Denver. When I moved to Denver I moved I moved back to Iowa to work for yeah. that band and then I moved from Iowa to LA. Yeah. You know like I took that job with that band quit my other job was already before they even told me what they were going to pay me I'm just like that's what I want to do yeah cool like money whatever it'll come together because I had you know it's just how I, I worked it out like with the load yeah and it didn't matter like what mattered is I want to do what I want to do and you know I moved to LA and I was like man I'm living in Iowa and it's really cold here and my buddy needed a roommate I'm like it's warm there I'm in you know yeah. I've never I've I don't know if it's been lucky or what, but I've always just kind of took the leap without a yes. plan. And this one, this Thank one's you. different in the in the in the fact that like I, I don't know, maybe it's not different it because sounds like, the, it sounds like it's different in that you have like you see all in the past, you've seen like the next step, and you don't know what's past the next yeah. step, but you're like, okay, I gotta just jump here and trust that right. there's gonna be more. But this, you're yeah. like, okay. I have to trust that there's going to be the next step. So I'm going to jump before I think, even I see that landing. Probably, may, and, you know, maybe it's maybe I've created this false sense of security and got lucky every other time in, my, in the past when I've moved. I've moved in, like, without a real plan, and it's just kind of worked. But this time I'm doing this anyway. Like, I more than that, like, at least when I moved to L.A., I'm like, well, I'm going to be a touring guy yeah. because that's I'm already doing it, so I'm just going to go there. I'm going to be a touring guy. I'm just going to pay rent here. Yeah, man. And so this time I'm like, I literally have no idea what to do. Yeah. I don't know. The, the biggest catch is, like, in less than a week, I'm about to turn 40. Like, how many 40-year-olds are like, starting over? Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh, yeah, what are you starting over with? Don't know. No idea. <laughs> you know, like, totally. people don't do that. Yeah. But I'm like, so? Like, I could yeah, be man. like, oh, this is a bad idea, but why? Yeah. Because I'm going to probably be happier? Man. I'm doing it. Like, Life I'll figure it short. out. Life yeah, is totally you know? too short. Totally. Yeah, man. Yes. That's the other side of that coin is like, hitting 40, I'm like, Man, like, I remember when I was 20 and just kind of start, just getting out of college. Yeah. I was like, oh, 30, whatever. Like, I'll do whatever I want now. And then 30, I hit 30, I'm like, 30, 35, I'm like, whatever. But now I'm like, 40. It was like, should, like, time, like, life is short. Like, yeah. make it happen, dude. Yeah. Or you can sit here and continue to be cranky and upset yes. because you're working all the time always. Yeah. Or you can make that change. And to me, that's what it is. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm hitting 40. Good time. To me, yeah. that's a good time. Like, it's start fresh. Yeah. You know, round two. What's next? I don't know. Which is interesting because if you would have told your 30-year-old self, if you talk, had a conversation with your 30-year-old self, and your 30-year-old self would have been like, I don't know, man, I'm 30. That's pretty old. And you'd been right. like, dude, I'm 10 years older than you. You can do you can do whatever you want right now. Right. It makes me think of, like, if you were 60, what like what would your 60-year-old right. self tell you right now in this situation? That's, you know? Absolutely. What do yeah. you think? What do you think your 60-year-old self would tell you right now? I'd like to think that my six-year-old self is going to be like, good choice, dude. Yeah. Good thing you got out when you did. Man, 
I, if there's one thing I believe in life, I believe that life expands and contracts with your willingness to accept risk, which you've done already. But like looking back, like to move right. to a freaking different state right. and like uh, to do all these crazy stuff. Yeah. So like this, like the willingness to accept the risk of you don't know what's gonna happen this next year. Yeah, I think that's maybe that's probably it. And it's you're like, doing it for a healthy reason. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, can't, it's not going to get worse. Like, I'm not happy, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. But, yeah, maybe that's the thing. It's like I've learned, like, taking a risk has always panned out before. Yeah. You can't. Now, if I had a script and, like, here's what's happening next, then maybe it'd be, like, tougher because I'd have to fit that script. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. So maybe that's maybe that's what makes it easier because Dude. I am open to so many things, you know what I mean, because I yeah. don't have any... Maybe I should, but I don't have a goal other than to be happy. Yeah. Dude, that's so badass. It's intense. Man, that totally sums up it's like, everything. It's, it's is, like scary yeah. and exciting. Yeah. Man. And it is... Everything you just said sums up the, the reason I'm doing this. Sitting in front of microphones. Because the thought that maybe there's someone listening that is thinking, man, well, I don't know. Like, people just don't do that. I Maybe I just need to sit out or just keep doing what I'm doing. Maybe I'm comfortable, whatever. Right. But I hear this of like, no, this, this is how life works. It's not going right. to get easier to make a hard decision for your own mental health. It just doesn't happen. Things you know, just don't open up like and that. That's part of it for me, too. A big part of it for me has been like, you can complain a little bit, but after yeah. a point, it's like, the only it's super cliche but the only person that can change it is yourself like, yeah man okay you're so unhappy then what are you doing about it yeah you know if you yeah. like wrap up a tour then you jump right into a next one cause okay then what do you like then you deserve to be unhappy like whatever your job is you're okay you don't yes. like being in a cubicle then why are you still in a cubicle yeah you know, it's like you can make all these excuses in the world, like, "Well, I have kids, or I have a mortgage, or whatever." It's like, yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Like you're nobody. Your boss isn't coming to be like, "Hey, I know you hate this cubicle, and you know you have a big overhead, so, uh, but you should probably go find another job." No, like you got to do it yourself. And that, and that's honestly, in the, over the last year, that's kind of been my own. It's like almost compounding my frustration. Is like I'm unhappy. But the only person going to change that is me, so that makes me even more pissed. I'm like, what yeah, are you man. doing, dude? Like, quit complaining. What are you going to do about it? it? Fix the problem. Totally. Yeah, nobody's going to fix the problem but you. And it's like, that's very true of like, you're your own, you can uh, fix it yourself. Yes. Nobody, nobody else is going to fix it for you. You can ask for help, and that's cool, but you have to ask for help. Okay, um, this rule. I feel like this. Like, some of the stuff you said has, like, the power to totally inspire someone to do... I hope so. Oh, man, I totally... Like, hey, this four-year-old so old guy's piece of his job. I'm 25. Okay. I can quit my job. Okay, let's Hey, 25-year-old, you can definitely quit your job. I'm going to say that right totally. now. Totally. Okay, so then... All right, let's end it with this. Um, I, be I believe that all advice is just advice someone would give themselves. Or, like, I what do you wish someone would tell you right now in this position? I guess... leap of faith. Well, I guess just being... Like, by nature, kind of an insecure person. Yeah. Because I can sit here and tell you all day, like, I'm pumped to be 40 and quitting my career and starting yeah. over. But there's that bu that bug in the back of your ear that's like, dude, what are you really going to do? Yeah. So I guess I wish internally, you know, I could really just, like, tell myself, like, dude, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Because I do, I can say that. And I think, sure, it's going to be fine. And I know well, yeah. but their human nature is you're like, but is it? Yeah. But is it going to be fine? Yeah, totally. Yes, it is. So I guess like if 
yeah, I would tell anybody, but at this point, myself, it's like, no, it's really going to be cool. It's going to work out. It's going to be cool because why won't it? It always has before. Yeah. You know. Oh. Like you're good. Like yes, you don't worry, dude. You're good. Yeah. 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 Why wouldn't it now? Yeah. You know. Yeah. The bottom's not going to drop out. It might. It's not going to go how you planned. But it never does. But it never, it never does. does. And NPS. I don't have a plan, so there's no plan to follow. Just like yeah, I guess that's what I would say. It's like it'll all work out, and you're making the right decision. I guess the other thing, like you're making the right decision. Yeah. Trust your instinct. Most people, like yeah, most people wherever that at 40 are not gonna be like washing my hands of this to start fresh. Yeah. But it'll be fine. It will be fine.